0: And current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Turning our attention to our near neighbours to Australia's north and some insights into how people are faring in Indonesia in the wake of a COVID pandemic. Just like here in Australia, Indonesia is slowly coming out of heavy lockdowns and experiencing their own new normal. Indonesia is the most populous Islamic nation on earth, but the second largest religion in Indonesia is Christianity. In fact, there are more Christians in Indonesia than there are people in Australia. So, an update today on challenges facing Indonesia with David, who works with Pioneers Australia in Indonesia. He's serving with Better Learning, Brighter Lives, aiming to transform communities in Indonesia, training and mentoring teachers in schools throughout the nation, paying particular attention to schools in impoverished and remote areas. Dave, welcome back to 2020. Good
1: to speak to you again now.
0: Dave, you describe Indonesia as slowly coming out of a COVID coma as case numbers have stabilised. <laughs> what's your perception of what's happening?
1: Yes, well, we confronted the the COVID pandemic uh, like everyone else in the world last year, and it has been uh, a double pandemic here because um, you've got the health problems but also the economic um, depression, basically. Uh, We don't have um, unemployment benefits or uh, many of the other handouts that, say, Australia does. And so the economic downturn has been quite severe. Um, The peak of COVID happened around uh, July and August this year. Now, when we both spoke, um, I think it was about January uh, this year, I said that I think we've dodged a bullet. Well, we didn't. And so, around July August, we were having uh, fifty thousand cases a day, and eighteen hundred to two thousand deaths a day. And so, everyone basically knows somebody in their family or in their workplace who either has died or or has a, a family member who has died from COVID. It's become Just commonplace, unfortunately. Uh, The good news is now we have only around 900 cases a day and around 50 deaths a day, which is certainly manageable for the health system.
0: Vaccination has been a part of the attempt to get on top of COVID, but how are vaccination numbers looking nationally for Indonesia?
1: Well, uh, we could boast that we've got 62 million people fully vaccinated, which would make Australia's efforts kind of pale into insignificance. But the context of that is it's still only 22% of the population. And so fully vaccinated is only a fifth of the country at the moment, which means uh, any other variants, Delta or otherwise, uh, certainly have uh, a foot in the door for spreading further.
0: And, as we've said before, the numbers population wise, two hundred and seventy five million in Indonesia, and predominantly muslim. and but there's a big chunk of Christians in Indonesia, somewhere around the thirty million mark. That's pretty significant, isn't it?
1: yes, it's significant in in pockets, in places I, I guess, and in other areas. Uh, There are are not many at all. Um, One one thing we've been doing, we've had to pivot like everyone else and do other things we would not normally do. And and one has been helping to support 30 um, pastors in rural areas. And those pastors are in churches that don't have the, the money or the technology to switch to online sermons, online services. Uh, And their congregations are not likely to manage that either. Uh, We're talking about farming communities and remote communities. And so we've been supporting um, around 30 pastors in their families so that they don't have to go and find full-time jobs elsewhere uh, because that would mean the closing of their churches. Um, So... There are some churches that are very well-supported and even affluent, uh, but there are many more that are in uh, fairly tight circumstances.
0: And you're working in areas that are not so affluent and you're working to support the teaching capacity of teachers. How has all your work with schools been impacted?
1: Yes, well, we, we had to switch to online training um, so all of, uh, actually most of last year from February 2020 right through to just two weeks ago, all of my training was conducted online and it's it's kind of uh, strange to be teaching teachers how to train online when you're already training them online. It, it's a bit like uh, jump in the water and try to swim, try to learn to swim. Um we're very pleased that we're now starting to transition back to -to face-to-face.
0: And so far as schools themselves, have schools continued to operate during the pandemic and all of the challenges that come along with it, or have schools been closing down?
1: Well, schools have really struggled. Um, It's quite different to the Australian experience where schools seem to have... um, been in work from home and then schools opening up and work from home again. In Indonesia, they seem to have closed down and been closed for quite a long time, uh, most of the pandemic. And so teachers in more affluent schools have been able to conduct Zoom lessons going down from that level. Teachers have been making YouTube clips and then when the parents get home and the the students can borrow their uh, smartphones, then the students can watch their YouTube clips which basically give the instructions. Uh, WhatsApp has been utilised a lot, giving messages to students and for other students, it's just been a case of the parents going into school, picking up the workbooks and the worksheets, bringing them home and the kids, been, the kids have been completing the worksheets. So. They've had a year and a half of worksheet practice, which is just—it's—it's it's certainly not good for uh, transformative and um, exponential growth. That's for sure.
0: Dave, you've been supporting those rural pastors as well as your teacher training, and there's a couple of other things. You've built a new training centre for vocational training, and yes, you've got no. your micro business program that's also supporting the community. How are those going? Have they been able to flourish even with COVID?
1: Yes, well, there certainly have been some, some pov- positives in pivoting. Um, our initial plan has been, over these last few years, to get into schools and train the teachers to basically transform the students in how they learn so it's less transactional and more transformative and the idea is to then extend into the community. Uh, but we've had the opportunity to uh, set up a training centre in central Java. And our Bright Lives training centre is for vocational training. So we've we've got a, a small group of uh, mums who live in the local area and they're learning how to make uh, soaps and other cosmetics from natural products. And now that they've got that skill, uh, they're learning how to manage a, a small business, and others who are not making the soaps they've started up shops in the front of their houses, and others are doing um, fried food off the back of their motorbikes and so the micro uh, financing allows them to set up and they're paying back a, a very minimal amount over a year um, so that that brings in a, a very much a a business model for them. Uh, and so far, yeah, it's going really well. So we hope in future to combine the uh, entering the schools and transforming the teachers and combine that with some parents already starting off with um, microfinancing businesses.
0: Your wife, Auntie, a wonderful part of the team. She's also studying counselling at university. Uh, has that been interrupted by COVID? How's her training for counselling going?
1: Yes, we're actually uh, just two kilometres from the Bible School uh, in East Java here and she hasn't set foot on campus even though she's well into her second year. Um, She actually loves the online learning and I think she secretly hopes that it will continue but uh, eventually they're going to go back face-to-face. But her counselling skills have already been utilised. There are certainly... Um, plenty of people she's uh, that have come across her path and she's been been able to help them uh, in terms of, yeah, just just coping and decision-making and basically staying sane during this very, very difficult time. Well,
0: Dave, to you and Enty, a special honour to the two of you as a couple for the good work that you do in Indonesia. Uh, your uh, role there under Better Learning, Brighter Lives... Uh, with everything that's been going on are you seeing a a bright future or are there some more dark clouds ahead
1: I I think in many ways this has been a a, a real blessing because we've pivoted to different things Um, I mean a few months ago I actually presented to 3,500 teachers in North Sumatra and I I would never have had that opportunity but even even so, face-to-face is unbeatable. And so um, we're hoping to have a, a sort of a, a hybrid program where we do some face-to-face and, and some online training at the same time. opened up some opportunities uh, for us. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, the next few years as we expand.
0: No doubt you could use a few more friends in the good work that you're doing there in Indonesia. Let me point listeners to the Pioneers website, and some listeners will be familiar with Pioneers. Well, to find Dave and Enti, and I'm only giving their first names, you can go to pioneers.org.au. And then forward slash projects and forward slash again better learning brighter lives. Dave particularly involved in that training of teachers, so that what gets passed down from the teacher trainer to the teachers eventually to the students has the capacity to transform communities. You can also email at Dave and Enti at info. At pioneers.org.au and ask about Dave and ENTY, E N T Y, or you can contact Pioneers on a free call, 1 800 787889. That's 1 800 787889. Dave, thanks so much for your update today and looking forward to another update sometime into the near future.
1: Absolutely. Good to chat to you again, Neil. Thanks a lot.